0: Welcome to "Since You Asked" with Jim Barrier on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Send Jim your questions about the Bible and Christianity to Jim at cgmradio.com. Subscribe to "Since You Asked" by visiting us online at cgmradio.com/ask. And now, here's your host, Jim Barrier. Last week, we talked about the importance of unity in the body of Christ and how to promote it. Today I want to talk about Reconciliation. Reconciliation begins with being reconciled to God. Romans 5 For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by His life. And not only this, but we also celebrate in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Then we partner with God to reconcile others to him. Second Corinthians 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their wrongdoings against them, and he has committed us to the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Then we are to be reconciled to each other. Ephesians 2. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who previously were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one, and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall, by abolishing in his flesh the hostility which is the law made up of commandments expressed in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two one new person, in this way establishing peace, and that he might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and are of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Galatians 3, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This reconciliation crosses all man-made boundaries, religious backgrounds, social status, gender, race, politics, any and every distinction that society tries to separate us by. So why is there so often a lack of unity in the body of Christ? Lorne Cunningham, the founder of Youth with a Mission, once said, Disagreements don't cause disunity. A lack of forgiveness does. Ephesians 4. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Let me say that last line again. Forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That may be the most often repeated prayer in all of Christendom. And Jesus only comments on one part of it. For if you forgive others for their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive others for their trespasses, then your Father will not forgive your trespasses. Mark's Gospel says it this way, Whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you for your offenses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your offenses. It seems to me that the only real unforgivable sin is to be unforgiving. Imagine a door in your heart with a sign that says, Mercy. If you bolt it shut on the inside, mercy does not go out and mercy cannot come in. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Peter asked, How many times shall my brother sin against me, and I still forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Then he told a parable about a servant whose master forgave him a debt of ten thousand talents. But he was unwilling to forgive a fellow servant one hundred denarii. One denarius was about... A day's wages. One talent is equal to 6,000 denarii. That's a ratio of 600,000 to 1. The point is, God has forgiven us infinitely more than we are called upon to forgive others. We are to forgive others as our Heavenly Father forgives us. But in our flesh, we are not like Him. Isaiah 55 Let the wicked abandon his ways, and the unrighteous person his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts." Did you know that that scripture is all about forgiveness? Colossians 3. So, as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, meekness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so must you do also. In addition to all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ, to which you were indeed called in one body, rule in your hearts, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God." Forgiving others promotes unity and paves the way for corporate worship. Sometimes reconciling requires effort. Now, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. But if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that on the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter may be confirmed. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to the church, he is to be to you as an unbeliever and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. James says, Brothers, if any among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, Let him know that the one who has turned a sinner from the error of his ways will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Refusing to forgive someone will infect other relationships. Hebrews 12 says, Pursue peace with all people, and the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it, many become defiled. First of all, holiness requires being at peace with others. This is backed up by John's statement, the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, the one who loves God must also love his brother. Your relationship with God is demonstrated by your relationship with others in addition to that a root of bitterness springs up to affect all of your relationships if you are bitter and angry towards someone who has wounded you you become less likely to trust others like a wounded animal you will retreat into a corner and snarl at anyone who approaches and if you respond to someone who hurt you by slander and gossip and public pity parties Others will pick up on your offense and become bitter with you. That, or they will reject you because of your whining. Unforgiveness destroys relationships. It destroys unity in the body of Christ. And sometimes more challenging than forgiving others is asking others to forgive us. Remember Fonzie I was, he couldn't say I was wrong. Matthew 5 says, If you are presenting your offering at the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. Again, our relationship with God is proven by our relationships with others. Here are some principles concerning apologies. Saying I'm sorry is not as powerful as saying please forgive me. Saying you're sorry keeps you in control. Asking for forgiveness gives the other person power and you are now at their mercy. Do not add if to an apology like I'm sorry if I offended you. Just own up to it. No excuses. Benjamin Franklin said, never ruin an apology with an excuse. You can't own responsibility and justify yourself in the same sentence. Another misunderstanding is, forgive and forget. Well, that's just not found in the scripture. It is not likely that you will forgive and forget. Some wounds leave scars that last a lifetime. I think it's more practical to say, forgive and move on. Sometimes you need to get out of a toxic relationship where you are set up for reoccurring abuse. Sometimes you must forgive and walk away. Let it go. Finally, the hardest thing for some of us is to forgive ourselves. Hebrews 10 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood, let us approach God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. God has forgiven you and reconciled you to himself. You need to forgive yourself and be reconciled. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We have been reconciled to God. We are called to reconcile others to God. We are required to be reconciled to each other. Forgiveness is the lifestyle of the believer. Forgiving is the thing God does best and it is the best way to emulate Him. I close with the verse from Romans 12 that I opened with last week. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. This is Jim Barrier on Since You Ask. Since You Ask is a production of Jim Barrier and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com ask.